welcome to the healing arts of being you, where we explore the power of energy work and its ability to heal and transform lives. In this episode, we introduce to you our friend and client, Sarah Kurtz, a remarkable woman whose journey through the body code has opened up all of these beautiful pathways of healing. Sarah's story is a testament to the potential of putting in the work and exploring your own gifts. Through our time with her today, we hope to inspire and empower you to take the first steps towards your own magic, shattering your heart walls and breaking down generations of trauma to begin a new cycle of love and self-expression that will not exist only in your own heart, but spread like wildfire to those around you. So sit back, relax, and join us as we embark on a journey towards peace and purpose. Here are your hosts, Chelsea Dameron, and Alison Ingley. Well, it brings me just such joy to introduce this guest and this co-host because today is just so wonderful and so exciting. This is Chelsea and Allison. Hello, hello. With the Healing Art podcast, and we have our just gem of a client here, Sarah. Hello. And she is here to kind of give us a a sneak peek into her life and her experience working with both of us and how her life has changed dramatically and what she now sees as her future. And what a journey of healing looks oh, like yeah. for yeah, somebody absolutely. who is not on the healthcare side of things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, Sarah, a little bit about kind of where you were a couple years ago mm-hmm. and what made you think like this is no longer how I choose to live my life for that first go around. So I started college um, and I had grown up like in a very Christian, non-denominational, but still very Christian, very um, conservative area. Then I came to college and I came to Columbus and I, (laughs) it was a big culture shock. Mm I, yeah, I, had a boyfriend at the time and then we broke up and then I dove even deeper um, into religion and there had always been these things that I considered my core beliefs Mm -hmm. that I had always believed but contradicted what I was being taught and what I was being told and I decided well it's something to do with me like there's something wrong with me I just need to try harder I need to do better I need to work harder at being a better Christian and so that's what I did I um, it was summer of 2021 Mm -hmm. I went on a um, like a Christian camp type thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) over the summer and I put my whole heart and soul into it and by the end there were still a lot of questions that were being met with vague answers and a lot of things that I still, still deep within my soul, I could feel like this isn't right. There's something wrong here. There's something that doesn't feel right here. And so then I came back from that, started school again, and then I reconnected with my mom Mm -hmm. who I hadn't spoken to in two, three years. And We sat down, we spoke, and she told me kind of her side of the story of how my childhood went, and I had never heard it before. And I kind of realized, oh, a lot of what I believed about how I grew up, about even my parents' relationship and their relationship with me and my sisters was a lie. 
Um, and a lot of it was orchestrated by my dad. Um, and I had no idea. And so then I started to think, okay, if this is a lie, mm -hmm. then what else is a lie? Mm -hmm. And I just started deconstructing everything that I believed. And then I realized, oh, I don't actually believe this. Like mm -hmm. I was just being told this. And so I believed it. Um, and then uh, I had seen you before that summer. Mm -hmm. And I had struggled with pelvic floor disorder for since I was 15. Um, and I didn't even get diagnosed until I was 20. Um, and then I started meeting with you. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went through that summer and then I went through this whole spiral after I spoke to my mom because then I had no foundation. foundation. Yeah. yeah, I had no foundation and that's so scary. Yeah. Oh. And I, everyone who I've talked to who has kind of gone through the same thing with kind of deconstructing their conservative or um, religious beliefs has said the same thing like it's just so scary to not believe anything when that's yeah. the foundation of how you live your entire life mm -hmm. um but then i started meeting with you again mm -hmm. um and i started to kind of look into myself and say okay well if i don't believe anything religiously what do i believe like in my heart in my soul what have been the foundations that i have built upon from as long as i can remember and some of like the biggest ones were justice and empathy and i just led with that mm -hmm. um and from there um you connected me to chelsea mm -hmm. and then my world was like really opened <laughs> I feel like the physical part of me was healing but there was something that was blocking me from really getting over that last hump of there's something holding me back and it was myself but um yeah then i got connected with you and my whole life has changed because I honestly when I introduce the two of you to anyone I say these are the two women who have single-handedly like saved my life Aww. because I needed that extra support I needed almost like an outside force to say this is okay and you're you're doing the right thing because this is what's right for you not what's right for a collective mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of how I've continued to live my life um, since then more so as there are rules within like a religious background where these are rules that we all have to follow mm -hmm. because this is what's best for all of us. Well, that those rules didn't work for me and they didn't help me. And so I've kind of started to create my own rules and my own guide for my own life. Um, and that has been the most helpful for me. How incredible. Mm -hmm. Blown away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you trying that. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about <clears throat> what you thought was the reason for your symptoms the first time around mm -hmm. versus what you thought about your symptoms the second time around? The first time around, honestly, I just, I thought it was genetic. Mm -hmm. Like my, my mom talked about how she had terrible periods when she was growing up. Um, and so did a lot of her sisters and my dad's sisters the same way. And so I was like, well, this is just something that's happening to me because this is just in mm -hmm. my family. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I 
feel so much more connected to my body and I know exactly when I'm going to have a flare-up mm-hmm. or why I feel the way I feel why my body is reacting the way that it is and I understand that it is a reaction mm-hmm. it's not just out of my control mm-hmm. yeah so when was it that you kind of started recognizing that like oh my emotions do play a role in my pain I think the second time I started mm-hmm. meeting with you and you were asking me questions like okay when you do have anxiety where do you feel it in your body and I had never thought about that I was just oh it's all in my mind but when I really thought about it I was like oh yeah when I do have anxiety I feel it in my chest I I feel it in like my heart I I feel like my whole body is like clenching um and that makes so much sense because pelvic floor disorder, your muscles are just constantly stressed and not relaxed. And so once I started working on my anxiety and where that's coming from, then the pain started to ease as well. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. They're incredible. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So what was it that really pushed you to take that leap and reach out to me? Because, I mean, this might sound bad, but I was desperate. I was. And I I have always felt very spiritual. I've always felt very connected to a higher power, whatever it may be. Um, Even though I couldn't define it at the time, especially when I left my religious background and beliefs, I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know how to define it. But I knew that I was connected to it. And... I've always been interested in in spirituality and things of that nature, and so it was curiosity and desperation for <laughs> change because I was so desperate to get over this because intellectually I could see where I was going wrong and why this was happening to me and why I still had pain, but I couldn't work it out for myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. So you had this very, very strong self-awareness mm-hmm. in this whole journey mm-hmm. where you were able to really like key into your experience because not, not everybody is able to do that mm-hmm. and identify where you're like, I know that I have the ability to move through this, mm-hmm. but something's blocking me and I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. And I need support from the outside to see that external blockage. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that's incredible. I feel like a lot of times people in their healing journey get to that moment, that moment of desperation, of overwhelm, of frustration, and they double down, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. it's that, it's that growth edge that Mm -hmm. then makes you feel like, oh no, I started getting improvement with Allison. My body started feeling better. I started having a better awareness and a better connection to my facility and understanding myself better. But the pain didn't completely go away. Mm -hmm. So I must just be the problem. I must not be doing it right, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's typically how it happens. Or there's that self-sabotage that comes in that's like, well, you're just not, you just need to be better. Allison, <laughs> you just need to be better. Okay, right. that's usually the case. Yeah, yeah. Allison, just get better. <laughs> <laughs> but you were able to identify that, like mm. the path was not linear, and that mm. you were feeling this adversity for a reason, and that mm. there was a step to take. Right. How did you, how did you feel after the first session? I think I, I had not like let myself cry in 
probably like over a month and that's a long time for me I cry a lot and I think I cried for a straight hour after I talked to you just not of like sadness but just of relief Mm -hmm. just pure relief because I could feel my I I could feel my whole body just relax Mm -hmm. it was like I had been storing this little secret inside my heart for years and finally to let it out and to look at it from a different perspective was incredible i i just honestly the biggest word that i can think of the biggest feeling i can think of is just relief Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's incredible Mm -hmm. it's incredible when you started making that connection about the fact that like you started off you had mentioned i started off kind of thinking my body's just broken this is just what Mm -hmm. i was born with this is just how it is I go and see Allison so that she can help me feel better, Mm -hmm. right? It was very much like a passive role, Mm -hmm. right? And then, and then you went to camp, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was like you were gone for quite a while, Mm -hmm. and it was what, like maybe a year? Was it a year almost until you came back? Yeah, because it was it was was right before. I mean, it would have been almost exactly a year because I I stopped seeing you because I I moved. moved. Yeah, Yeah, I moved to Michigan to do Mm -hmm. that um, for three months, and then I came back, and then I was I. I mean, when I did go through that whole transition of, I don't subscribe to this anymore. Yeah, that was huge. I went through, a, honestly, a deep depression because I those all of my friends were also right. part of that community, and mm-hmm. so I was not only losing like my belief system, but also my friends and like where I would go hang out. So everything, and then on top of that, my entire childhood was being <laughs> called into question, and so I really. I did not take care of myself well during that last part of the year of 2021. And then 2022 started, I um, got a new job um, and I started making connections with new people at my job. And I realized, you know, I can make, because I was so worried that I wouldn't be able to make connections with people outside of that community. And once I started to do that, then I started to really build more confidence and realize that I do have a lot more value than I give myself credit for. Um, And my value doesn't stem from this community or my beliefs. It just stems from me. So, yeah. yeah. And then from there, I was like, okay, I'm in a lot of pain. So I need to reach out to you again. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say like, because you, you looked very different yes. from the first time mm-hmm. that I met you to the second time. Well, there was also the weight mm-hmm. loss component yeah. where you physically mm-hmm. looked different. And then mm-hmm. just like your demeanor was different. Mm-hmm. It was much more confident. It was much more like, okay, I'm ready to actually take care of this now yes. versus like, I think I'm taking care of mm-hmm. this. And, and you weren't yeah. giving it the best you could mm-hmm. in 2021. Mm-hmm. But I think that you coming around in 2022, I think was very different energy that you came with. Yeah, and it was much more like what I was receiving on the practitioner side of things was it was much more like you were looking for the answers yourself Mm -hmm. versus waiting to be told the answers from me. That's exactly, yeah. And so it was Mm -hmm. so cool to hear you come in and to say like, yeah, that I had my period last week. It was terrible. Mm -hmm. However, we have this family event coming up and I've Mm -hmm. been really stressed about that Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's what's contributing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's great. That's most likely very much what is contributing yeah. to this. And then able being able to kind of help you kind of recognize that, plan appropriately for that, and then not be scared of the flare. 
Mm -hmm. I think that's the big thing for people that they have the fear of the flare when really the flare is just telling you we're not okay. Mm -hmm. And you quite haven't quite listened to us telling you we're Mm -hmm. not okay yet. So we're going to just keep being louder and louder about that. And so I think that from my perspective on the PT side of things, that was the coolest transformation to see was when you were started like linking it together and recognizing that like, I know where this is coming from. It's super annoying. Like Mm -hmm. it's not scary, (laughs) but it's super annoying and it's super painful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you started working with Chels, because then you and I kind of stopped working together Mm -hmm. for a while. And it was like, it was so good to be able to hear, like, cause I would still catch up with Chelsea mm-hmm. about the care. And she was like, you're not gonna believe this. And I was like, that sounds amazing, go Sarah. Yeah. She's like, she keeps saying she needs to call you. And I was like, she doesn't need to call me. She needs to keep working with you. You guys are doing great. <laughs> yeah. Like I will yeah. work with her when mm-hmm. you guys feel like you're at a, a breaking point, mm-hmm. that's fine. But it was just, it was a really, really cool transition to see just like your demeanor from 2021 to your demeanor in 2022, just mm-hmm. totally different. So. Yeah. and. I have not experienced this much change at this high volume ever. I mean, I've changed more in the last two years than my entire life combined. So, Mm -hmm. and that change has been scary. And I think that that's initially why I didn't reach out to you the second time, Uh because there was so much change happening. It was overwhelming. Uh Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It does get overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You're like, wait a second. How powerful am I? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what? Like, this oh, is, this is wild. Mm-hmm. So, in all of that change, in all mm-hmm. that transformation, how has your experience been integrating that into the life that you are living? So, you're mm-hmm. talking about creating new new connections outside of that community mm-hmm. and really building a life for yourself. How has your family received this new you? And how has the people who have been there, who are because I know you still have some mm-hmm. friendships from that area mm-hmm. of your life, how are they receiving this new you? How's that been? I think that they're ecstatic. I mean, they really, a lot of, I've had people tell me that like the light has come back into my eyes. Like it's, <sighs> I feel like you can feel, just my energy is so much different. Even when I just like walk into a room, when I, the way I present myself, the way that I feel in social social situations, it's it's all different. Mm-hmm. It, I I don't feel like a completely new person because that old part of me is still there, mm-hmm. but I n- understand what she wants. I understand what she needs. I understand what's going to trigger me. What's what I and boundaries that I need to make for myself, and that boundaries are okay. I don't need to be. I don't need to accommodate to everyone in order to create friendships and grow friendships. Mm-hmm. I can just be me and they can accept that or they can not. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's that's okay. And that was the one of the biggest things for me because I'm such a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and talking- What's that like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Who's when she? I did <laughs> initially talk to my family who is still religious, I mean, they were devastated. I mean, some mm. of them were anyway. They they were sad that I was no longer subscribing to this, but they could also see how much happier I was. Mm-hmm. And so that to them was more important. That's awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. that doesn't always go that way. Right? Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Because I know that wasn't the story for your mom, right? Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. really great that that's been kind of the case for you guys, mm-hmm. or for you, I mean. Um, I think the thing that I'm hearing most about yourself right now is like 
you have such a compassion for yourself that you didn't have before. Yeah. Like, it's just this very, like, how you present now is just this very calm and confident and compassionate person Mm -hmm. that it's like, you know, things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. I might make mistakes. I might let a boundary slip here and there. Mm-hmm. And I'll, and I'm probably going to have a physical response to that mm-hmm. later. But that's okay. I'm yeah. still learning. I'm still growing and I don't need everybody to love me. Mm-hmm. I could love myself enough that I get to choose who I have in my circle. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of go into those conversations and just kind of letting people know like I would love for you to still be part of my life, but this is what my life is going to look like now. Mm-hmm. I think that was awesome. I'm yeah. just very impressed with somebody <laughs> your age (laughs) some of us waited until their mid-30s I know I'm sitting here like can we just for a second recap that I asked you how everybody else in your circle was dealing with the new you and your answer was about yourself you were like I Mm -hmm. can create boundaries Mm -hmm. I am allowed to do what I need to do for me I'm allowed to listen to myself and love myself and they have all just fallen in line Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. how how magical how magical I feel like for you there has been a lot of things like that where you have been up against a trigger or a wound or you know a growth edge and spirit has just shown up mm-hmm. within the most incredible ways so oh, is there absolutely. can you give us an example or like kind of any of that that's happened for you since you've started this work I feel like there's so much I don't even know where to start I I since I've started working with you I feel like I've opened up this whole new world of not only like possibilities but connection to myself that I never thought I'd be able to get Mm -hmm. like I know myself better than I ever have and I know myself better than I ever thought I would Mm -hmm. um and that is spirit as well I mean they have helped me through I should say guided me through my life in the last few months um and allowed me to not just blindly follow like a god that i'm being told Mm -hmm. is this way but to follow my intuition and to trust my intuition and when i do that i do feel more calm about my decisions i do feel more confident about them and they generally do turn out better like the situations that I'm anxious about, if I just follow my intuition, I feel so much better about them, no matter the other person's reaction. That's incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a little bit about kind of your childhood mm-hmm. and the generational trauma that you carry with mm-hmm. you, right? How has that impacted your life? How have you been able to see that um, shifting as well with the work that you're doing mm-hmm. within your family. I am definitely like, so I'm the first person to ever go to college. Like wow. both sides of the family, extended family, everything, mostly because my families um, are Amish. Mm-hmm. And so that was just never a thing. Like my mom didn't even go to high school. She begged her parents to go to high school and she wasn't allowed to. Um, And so, and my parents got pregnant with me very, very young. My mom was 18, my dad was 22, um, and they were not married. Um, And so they, what you do, or what you did at that time is, if you got pregnant, you just get married. Like, whether you want to or not, and whether that's the right thing to do or not, 
that's just what you did. And they were together for 15 years, and I personally think they never should have gotten married, but um, going with that and especially, like, reconnecting with my mom, we are such, like, kindred spirits, and having her in my life again has been huge. Um, and there's there's a lot of pain there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of things that that I've said to her that I regret, that she said to me that she mm -hmm. regrets. And that ha the same goes for my sisters and my dad and a lot of my extended family. And moving past that or moving forward has taken a lot more from me and a lot less from them than I thought. Mm -hmm. Like I thought, oh, this is a problem with them that I still feel this way. Mm -hmm. And that was not the case at all. Mm -hmm. Like it, the problem is with me because this is how I feel. They don't, they don't have control over how I feel. I do. Right. Um, and so moving past that, I've, or I guess taking a step back, especially going to college, not living in my hometown anymore, from the beginning of that started this kind of different perspective where I can see it from the outside mm -hmm. in instead of inside out. And um, having that perspective, having that space, having that time to myself and honestly isolating myself to just sit with myself and understand, okay, this is what happened or this is what I believe happened mm -hmm. and then going back through and rethinking about it and re-remembering it and understanding what actually happened. Mm -hmm. I've been able to gain a lot of empathy and a lot of understanding for both of my parents and where both of them were at at the time and understanding how young they were. Mm -hmm. And though it's not my fault that any of this happened, it's it's almost not their fault either. Right. Like they were just thrown into it. This is the life that they had mm -hmm. to lead because it was kind of forced mm -hmm. onto them. Mm -hmm. um, and so seeing my, and honestly, it's been, it's allowed me to see my parents as people, mm -hmm. not just as my parents. And <laughs> that's what a, a crazy phenomenon mm -hmm. <laughs> to see your parents as real people, because then you, you, I've been able to empathize with them a lot more and yeah. that I've been able to make friends out of my family mm -hmm. rather than just, well, I'm forced to be around them because they're my family. Yeah, right. like, I have to love them because they're my family. Yeah, right. exactly. You're choosing them almost. Yeah. Yeah, I'm choosing to love them now, yeah. mm -hmm. which awesome. is... Do you think your distance was necessary for you to make the progress that you Oh, made? absolutely. Because I... When I was growing up and when my parents first got divorced, I was 15. And my mom moved out of our house and my dad did not take up any of her responsibilities. I did. And so I was kind of like that somewhat mother figure for my sisters and for like the household mm -hmm. and so to be taken out of that and for them to readjust I think it really opened up all of their minds to how much I was doing mm -hmm. um, and I mean since then a couple weeks ago I mean my dad has never been a super strong part of my life or super I don't want to say important because he was important um but he just wasn't always there in the way that I needed him to be mm -hmm. and 
he definitely put pressure and on me that wasn't okay and role, put me into a role that I never should have been in. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few weeks ago, um, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about him. I was thinking about all of the things that he needs to apologize for or I want him to apologize for, even just to grow his soul. Mm-hmm. I was just so fearful that his soul was so stagnant and that he didn't have even a shred of remorse Mm -hmm. for what had happened um even though a lot of it he i mean his dad was not a great dad and so he didn't have a great figure but at the end of the day he still did these things to me so i was thinking about this and i was thinking about this apology that i would want to hear Mm -hmm. um and i i thought about all the things that i would like him to say and that i would I felt like I would need to hear eventually and I was like, you know, I think I'm ready for this apology. I don't think it's going to come until he's on his deathbed or our souls in, are in another life, but I'm ready for this whenever it comes. And I promise you, literally a week to the day after I thought about that and like sat with it and talked to my spirit guides about it, a week to the day he calls me and he gives me that apology. That's crazy. Yeah. That's not true to character that you've seen so no, far. No, not at all. I mean, I haven't been really connected to him. I don't know how he's doing, um, especially in the last two years, just because I didn't want to. Right. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, I was choosing to love the people that I felt were good for me, and um, he wasn't one of them. Mm-hmm. And... And he calls me and he says, do you have time to talk? And I was like, sure. And I thought he was going to talk to me about work or whatever. And he just starts laying out this full apology for everything. And I I genuinely asked him, I said, are you okay? Like, are you dying? (laughs) And he said, I promise I'm not dying. And I I asked him, like, where is this coming from? And he said about a week ago which was literally to the day that I was thinking about this. He said, I just started thinking about what I would want to hear from my dad. And he, yeah. And he, he just started reflecting on it and he apologized to both my sisters as well. Oh my gosh. How did you receive this? I was shocked. (laughs) I, I, I mean, I was very emotional. Um, I didn't say much, and he didn't ask me to say much. It was a very... Like, he needed it out there. He needed you yes, to hear it, and he yes. didn't need you to do anything yes, about it. Yes, yes. He was like, I understand. I mean, he went so far as to say, like, I understand if you don't like me. I understand that a forgiveness, like, any sort of forgiveness is not going to be on the table anytime soon, and I'm okay with that. Like, you, I don't need anything from you. I just need to you to know that I'm sorry. Which Way is go, Dad. huge. Like, what a statement. I know. What a statement. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I. my whole body has goosebumps over here. I'm just going to cry. I already know the story, but I'm just going to cry. <laughs> I know. I feel like I'm feeling the tears well mm-hmm. up here. So this was a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Has anything changed in the last couple of weeks from your perspective towards your dad? For a long time, I just had cut off the idea in my mind that I would ever have a real relationship or a healthy relationship with him ever again. And immediately after that conversation, I heard from my spirit guides, like, we have a beautiful life set out for you and you're going to have a relationship with both of your parents. Which is 
something I, five years ago, I would have never thought was possible. And I mean, even like when I started college, I had like zero relationship with my mom. My relationship with my dad was so unhealthy and toxic. And now looking back, I, I truly cannot believe that I'm, that this is my reality, but I'm just so thankful for it. I'm gonna start crying. I know. I'm like, I'm like, we need to like hit pause for a second. Yeah. Like, oh. I need to drink of water. Yeah. I'm just like, <sighs> man, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Do you think that ever would have happened if you had not started loving and respecting yourself first? No. And honestly, like the a few months before this conversation ever happened, every time I would see him, he would say to me, "You just look so happy." Mm-hmm. You, the light is it like returned to your eyes? I can see it. I can see how happy you are. Mm-hmm. And in the back of my head, I was like, "Yeah, no thanks to you," you know. <laughs> right. But I think that the work that I'm doing, I did not realize how much it was going to affect everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. literally everyone. Everyone, you. everyone around me. I mean, now my best friend and roommate is. Mm-hmm. connected to you as well and she's made some incredible strides and based on the work that we've done I've had incredible conversations with my mom about her own spirituality and her own self-worth and she's made incredible strides to healing as well mm-hmm. and it's it's incredible like how many lives this work has touched yeah yeah I'm just I'm mm-hmm. so jazzed Uh (laughs) me too truly so something that I think is I want to I want to touch on real quick is that you have a gift you have an innate ability to I I mean I just feel like the downloads that come through for you are it's just like crystal clear Mm -hmm. there's no question there's no like what voice is this who's saying these things to me let me you know get stuck in my head and Mm -hmm. fawn and not be able to take action right you're that connection is so strong that it hits and you're like it's it's almost like a direct download into your heart into your Mm -hmm. soul right yeah was it always like that for you i feel like there was always the potential because i've felt that potential and i felt i 100 percent like even when i was a kid my mom would talk about how i see spirits or I see Jesus or I'm talking to Jesus or whatever I have always had that connection and I've cut I definitely understand like where I've cut myself off from it Mm -hmm. until now I always just said well that's just like a voice in my head like it's not actually I just wrote it off Mm -hmm. whereas now I can make the distinction between the own voices in my head and the downloads and that's been really fun and really cool because I when I do have those downloads it's almost like a little giddy feeling yeah it's like oh my gosh like I get a little insight into like what's coming next yes and not not too much that it I mean sometimes they scare me (laughs) but but enough where I'm like okay I know where I'm headed and I know where to go next I know what to do next I know how to feel about this um like a cheat code yeah, yeah yeah genuinely yeah how freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's funny because I get them a lot in the shower. Yeah. So I've started like making a whole routine for myself when I get in the shower just mm-hmm. so that I can like prepare myself for what's coming yes. because a lot comes up in the that's, shower. I yeah. always, that's my, mm-hmm. my morning routine is I do my, 
I bring breathing bringing the light, mm-hmm. ground, cleanse, all in the shower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's this like and I almost feel like because the the water is involved too, like it's this like mm-hmm. connection piece for Oh me, absolutely. Where it's really like Mother Earth, mm-hmm. Grandmother Earth, Cosmic Mother Everything. Like mm-hmm. just I'm so grateful, I'm so honored and blessed to be a gift of yours in this moment in your gift of water because mm. it's just it's my favorite you know, I don't know. it's just one of those things that it's like a very spiritual moment and so I love that you have mm. adapted that and started yeah. you know building those routines within your own life mm. where you're like okay let me pre- let me prepare this is usually pretty spiritually awakening mm. yeah wasn't quite ready for that absolutely which is hilarious because my morning routine is wake up late jump in the shower run out the door like a maniac and be like so <laughs> well that is my morning routine i shower at night so <laughs> <laughs> i do not yeah my morning routine is hectic and crazy so i can relate to that <laughs> i feel like you were like on like the second 6 a.m you're like don't don't let me schedule these anymore yeah just no, don't, just don't no. even offer them I, don't give them oh to me oh my gosh it's terrible it's terrible <laughs> oh man i know that feeling though yeah, don't even give them to me i would, yeah. I'd I'd be texting oh, dri- yeah. like at five in the morning, uh-huh. driving the forty-five minutes to come see you in uh-huh. the dark, mm-hmm. and just being like, "This, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. This is stupid. Why <laughs> yeah. am I doing this?" Yeah, exactly. but then it's the best thing ever, and I'm like, "Okay, that's fine." Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she saved my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, genuinely. <laughs> I just open the door, and then you guys, once you start to realize that the physical manifestation of the emotional symptoms is the is the pain you think you're experiencing. Mm-hmm then my job is kind of done. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll teach you all the physical stuff. To I'll teach you the physical stuff on, like, how to recognize it, how to reduce it, teach you all the movements and things like that, teach you the stretching, teach you the strengthening, teach you how to, like, actually treat the vessel that your soul is going to be living in. Mm-hmm. But then if you want that vessel to function the way that you want it to function, yeah. that's where the deep work comes mm-hmm. into play. So that's what I should have been more tools. clear. Yeah, I give you, you the, the tools, tools. Mm-hmm. in the, in the, you know, mm-hmm. like the cliffs notes of the user guide. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, now you uh-huh. need to go, mm-hmm. go if, to college and learn that, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, once they exactly. make the connection, you're like, okay, yeah. now you can move forward. Because mm-hmm. if the connection's not there, like, do you think if you were to have worked with Chelsea in 21 that you would have made the progress that you're making right now? No, because I wasn't, you have to be open to it. Yeah. And I was so open to it. I was so excited. I was so open, especially when you explained your experience. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want that this is so bad. <laughs> and I had like that exact the Cinderella. same experience. <laughs> the yeah. Cinderella moment later. Yeah. Like yeah. you're my fairy uh-huh. godmother over here. <laughs> Uh, but I, I love the word that you used earlier, like you you feel honored, because mm-hmm. that's how I feel. Like I feel honored that I am where I am, mm-hmm. because I know, yes, it took me being open, it took me doing all of these things, but I know like in the grand scheme of things, like this is what was meant to happen for me. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel so honored that, yes. that I am here and I am here mm-hmm. at this age, mm-hmm. because if I'm here now, Holy cow. cow. I know. Oh my goodness. Holy I'm cow. so excited. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be amazing. Truly, I can't wait to see what like the next five years looks like for mm-hmm. you. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's so, it just, it just blows my mind how, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We could just end yeah. it at there. Blows my mind. Period. End of statement. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. I can't, I don't even remember where I was going to go with that because I'm just... Well, I have to know because it's been quite a transformation just even mm-hmm. in the last few months compared to when mm-hmm. I saw you last. When is is overseas, like, au pair life still part of a li- or part of the plan for you? 
Yeah, it's... I have no idea what I want to do next. So it's That's it's an fun. option. Yeah. But I still have, like, a year and a half to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I'm not pressuring myself too much now because I genuinely have no idea. Mm-hmm. So... Because I, yeah, I don't know that I want to step into a career, mm-hmm. career right away. Um, because I, I understand, or I've been getting downloads that, like, this time in my life, the next few years are just to live. Mm-hmm. Because there are going to be more demanding times mm-hmm. after that. And yeah. I, I need a strong foundation of who I am, what I want what I want to do, who I want to be, who I want to be with, Mm -hmm. and what love looks like for me, how I receive it, how I give it. Like, I need to figure all of that out first in order to be able to have that life Because you're not looking for a career. It's almost like a life internship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to learn all the skills. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see a lot of places. I'm going to meet a lot of people, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to see what I value in other people mm-hmm. that I want to see in my own yeah. life. Mm-hmm. And you know? what it brings out in me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, because I feel like that's also part of it is that you're making these connections with people that are helping you see where you're getting pulled out of your shell and mm-hmm. where you were limiting yourself previously. Mm-hmm. And I think that has also been a really incredible opportunity mm-hmm. for you. You spoke about your roommate, which I think is obviously like a wonderful thing for mm-hmm. you to have somebody so close that is going through the same work so you're mm-hmm. able to really talk to her about that mm-hmm. um, but especially in your love life as well mm-hmm. right like that has been a huge oh, yeah. huge area of development and mm-hmm. change you want to talk a little bit about yeah. that yeah so this I, I grew up in purity culture to the max like my mom was very open about sex she was very um she, she was always very open to having any type of conversation, any type of discussion. She always told me, though I would rather you wait until you're married, if this does happen, and I understand that it might because it happened to me, that's literally why you're here, <laughs> I want you to be able to know that you can come and talk to me about it, and I'm not going to judge you, and we're going to figure it out. Okay. And that's what I was getting from her, but that's the only person I was getting that from. Right. Everyone else in my community, my peers... Um, people in my church, like everyone else, it was like, this is the worst thing that you could possibly do to yourself is, or to someone else Mm -hmm. is to like your future spouse is to have sex before marriage or be sexually promiscuous, whatever that means. Um, and so I kept myself in the dark for a really long time and I made myself feel so ashamed of my own body. Mm And only recently have I stepped out of that, like once I walked away from religion, but it's still so deeply embedded in me. Oh, I yeah. still, like I, I call this year my sexual awakening year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited about it. And yeah. a lot has happened. And I'm, I'm realizing that with every experience that I have, I learn so much about myself. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't even know how to describe it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it it's like, um, <laughs> this is the only way I can describe go, go, it. Say it. You know when you're playing Mario Kart and you... I'm going to love this analogy <laughs> immediately. Immediately I love this analogy. Okay, great. You know those like landing strips that like make yeah. you go super fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it feels. Yeah. Like it feels like I'm on this landing strip boost. and it goes zoom. Yeah. With Twin like, turbos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It feels like it's a 
turbo blast mm-hmm. into understanding myself more. Mm-hmm. And it's an incredible realization <laughs> because mm-hmm. now I'm like, okay, now I can actually open myself up to this. I don't need to make myself feel ashamed or guilty or embarrassed mm-hmm. for any of this. And I used to hide this part of myself a lot. And with each experience, I sit down with my roommates and we talk about it mm-hmm. like full detail. Yeah. And that has helped in immensely. Yeah. Just to be like all the cards on the table, this is what happened, and to like kind of gush about mm-hmm. it a little bit and be excited about it mm-hmm. rather than ashamed right. or yes. hide it away. Mm-hmm. Like that has been an incredible I guess re reframing of how I think about sex and I think that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think that there's there's a big one of my biggest issues I have a lot of issues with purity <laughs> culture. But one of my biggest issues yeah. with purity culture is that like there's this don't touch yourself, don't look at yourself, don't let anybody else do this is evil. This is where mm-hmm. the devil lives. Like don't this is you know the scary place mm-hmm. and then go put on a white dress and now go bake a baby. Yeah. It's like wait, right. what? I don't know and how to love. I mm-hmm. yeah. Well and I don't I don't know what this is supposed to look like. I don't know, like, mo- the, the amount of people who think that your first sexual experience is supposed to be painful, that that's an actual standard understanding in women, mm-hmm. that, like, you're supposed to bleed and it's supposed to be painful. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> if you are actually aroused, if, they, mm-hmm. if you spend the time on arousal, then it's not painful. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to, a couple years ago, um, you know Valerie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we were, ta- we were chatting and, um, and Valerie's another spiritual coach that I know. She spends a lot of time in like the sexual, the femi- secular feminine. She's she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she was talking about is that like my understanding of what she was saying was that like the more you teach like teenagers and like you know younger teenagers and, and middle aged teenagers about sexuality and self exploration, they're much less likely to have teen pregnancies because they don't seek closeness and intimacy for sexual satisfaction Mm -hmm. because they know how to satisfy themselves Mm -hmm. they don't look for that in another partner and they don't value that as the pinnacle of the relationship because it's not necessary within the relationship Mm -hmm. anymore they can give themselves that satisfaction Mm -hmm. which I thought was an incredible realization about this and and with that purity culture and such the shaming and embarrassment Mm -hmm. about you know any sort of Mm self-exploration it's like you know it's such a sin and it's such a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, then you still have hormones that are that are evolutionarily driving you to procreate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that, those hormones exist; they're yeah. there. And then you're putting these hormones into a brain where the frontal lobe, the decision-making part of the brain, is not fully developed until mid twenties. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be like, so don't do anything about this, and we're also not going to provide you with any education on exactly. what to do with this. Mm-hmm. And so, and then you get people who stu- get stuck in these relationships that are toxic, relationships that happen too early before they've really kind of learned who they are and what mm-hmm. they want in a partner, relationships where oftentimes the woman in the relationship doesn't feel as though she has true autonomy over her body, that her body is to be there for her husband mm-hmm. um which is also not accurate mm-hmm. um and so i think it's it's awesome that you're having this experience now because i think what it will do for you is it will increase a your your awareness of of 
kind of when you feel genuinely close and connected to somebody versus when you feel like, mm, I feel like I'm kind of being pushed into this. I feel like I'm kind of being coerced mm-hmm. into this. Whereas like if you don't have any experience in that world and you think that your role is as a submissive second class mm-hmm. human where you're just an orifice through which somebody gets to yeah. stick their penis, mm-hmm. then you have no you have no autonomy you don't have that comfort level and that safety within yourself to say you know what I actually like don't want to do this with you Mm -hmm. and I'm okay saying no because I did 20 minutes ago but then you said some things that maybe I don't really feel comfortable with or Mm -hmm. you've postured yourself in a way that makes me feel a little bit threatened and I want to say no now Mm -hmm. so I'm super excited for you Mm -hmm. that was my soapbox on purity culture I apologize (laughs) for that. oh I can talk about it for no I love everything that you just said Mm -hmm. especially because of the no that's Mm -hmm. where you landed it right it's it's you are now experiencing your spiritual awakening mm-hmm. with your no. Mm-hmm. And with my yeses. And with your yeses. Because I, you're right, I did feel so submissive. Mm-hmm. I felt like my body was just a vessel for this person. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I'm the one who has the power yeah. in this. I get to decide it, if you get to come over here. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. And that power is, I mean, it's dumb to say, but it's empowered. It's empowering, yes, you know? Absolutely. Like, it gives me a lot more confidence in my daily life, mm-hmm. in other aspects of my life. I, yeah, I've I felt a lot more confident with each experience because I know this is what I want to do, mm-hmm. and I'm only going to do what I want to do. And you're not going to tell me any differently mm-hmm. because that's not how this works. Right. Well, and I think there's also, there's this aspect from the like the male perspective now because there is I think there is a cultural awakening to hold boys accountable for Mm -hmm. their actions the whole boys will be boys thing Mm -hmm. is like we're not we're not playing Mm -hmm. that game anymore and now you have you know kind of a group of young men who are a little bit scared to address Mm -hmm. it a little bit scared to approach it or to ask or to anything and so just mm-hmm. kind of like having this conversation on both sides so that both sides can feel confident yes. mm-hmm. and comfortable. We talk with our children a lot about enthusiastic consent. Yes. Like consent is not just consent. So we, the way that we describe it is like, okay, if you go over to, you know, if you go over to this one friend's house, let's say we call him, call him Johnny. We go over to Johnny's house and you say, hey, do you want to play basketball? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. And then you go over to Mikey's house and you say, hey, do you want to play basketball? He's like, oh my gosh, yes. I have been waiting for you to come over and ask me to play mm-hmm. basketball. I would love to play basketball with you. Who do you want to play basketball with? And they're like, oh, I want to go play with Mikey. It's mm-hmm. like, absolutely. That's enthusiastic consent. Mm-hmm. So if you want to touch somebody else's body or you want them to touch your body, both people need to have enthusiastic consent. I love Not that. just saying yes Mm -hmm. not just saying like yeah i guess that's fine because there are going to be people out there who do feel pressured into saying yes because of their their surroundings Mm -hmm. and what the the messages that they have been given and it's kind of on the party of both people to say like yes i definitely want to do this yes i definitely want Mm -hmm. to do this okay let's do this so we'll see if the message sticks who knows Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll see if <laughs> Okay. I'm like, Allison needs to, to hold a sex education and consent class for the whole United States of America. Yeah, please. And she's like, we'll see if the theory sticks. Like, <laughs> I would love to. I'm happy to do that. I have a lot of friends who are like, I would, I would love for you to have the sex talk with my children. I'm like, oh God, I would yeah. be more than happy to have the mm-hmm. sex talk yes. with your children. However, it's a very easy conversation to have with my children because we started having these conversations when they could start talking. Exactly. Like we exactly. have talked about body yeah. parts and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff from that age. Mm-hmm. And like, 
I have a video of Aria before she was like getting ready to get in the shower and she was super tired. We had to wake up really early one day. She was so tired and she was, she's like, <sighs> she was sitting on the toilet going potty. She's like, do I need to wash my hair? I go, yeah. Do I need to wash my arms? Yeah. Do I need to wash my belly? Yeah. Do I need to wash my vulva? Yeah. <laughs> she goes, mommy. I was like, yeah, Aria. She goes, Volvo's on the uh, Volvo's on the outside, vagina's on the inside. I'm like, yep. Do I need to wash my legs? Sure. <laughs> like, and that okay. genuinely is something I didn't know until I got to college. Exactly. Right? So exactly. Like, exactly. I was like, like okay. Raising children, my two-year-old knows more. That's incredible. <laughs> incredible. Mm-hmm. But because we say words like that from the time yeah. that they can talk, mm-hmm. and it's not an awkward conversation, yeah. the sex talk becomes way exactly. easier. Whereas if your child is 12 years old mm-hmm. and you've never said the words penis or vagina to them or sperm and egg or period or uterus or bladder or anything like this, then like they're going to feel super squirmy because mm-hmm. their only association with this is through inappropriate jokes mm-hmm. or somebody saying something on a show and the parents being like, you need to go, you can't watch this, mm-hmm. you know, or just this shameful, embarrassed mm-hmm. verbiage. And it's just going to make things harder. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think that that's part of why like, you are such an incredible force is because you have this wealth of knowledge. I mean, wealth of knowledge, but also this divine understanding in intimacy and the elements of intimacy and what mm-hmm. has to be there in order for both parties to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And you have the ability to really... You're not you're not teaching them sex ed from a first person perspective. Like you're, it's an outside perspective. You're like Mikey and Johnny, enthusiastic mm-hmm. consent. What? Mm-hmm. Like that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And it 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 really takes someone that has had the life experiences that you've had to be able to bring that perspective. Like that's not what everybody does. That's not mm-hmm. how they parent their children. And I understand that. You know, I don't have kids, so mm-hmm. sure. But ultimately look at the world around us, Mm -hmm. right? Look at all the the problems that we're dealing with. Look at all of the heartache and depression and sadness and assault and just trauma that there is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is because they don't know how to be in relationship with themselves, let alone be in a relationship with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what you've done with your kids is really teach them how to be in relationship with themselves Mm -hmm. so that they can be in relationship with someone else Mm -hmm. in a healthy manner that allows someone like you to draw the boundaries and to exist and and fully shine Mm -hmm. and be received. Like, it's almost like you're doing the back end of the work too. So that way you're creating these children and these boys and these men that have, that already have all of this wisdom Mm -hmm. ingrained in them. Mm -hmm. So when they are presented with this opportunity of a love connection that is so profound and so beautiful, Mm -hmm. they go after it and they don't run away from it mm-hmm. because it scares them. Well, I think one of the biggest disservices that came from came into the world of sexuality and came from people like in an understanding of what a sexual relationship was was there was a study I went that was done I want to say like in the 90s where they looked at happy relationships and unhappy relationships and they asked them how often did they have sex and mm-hmm. the relationships that were happy had sex more often than the mm-hmm. relationships that were unhappy and this false conclusion was drawn that yes. if you're having more sex you will be happier yep. mm-hmm. and that was an incredibly false conclusion yep. 
when the truth of the matter is because I think we've all we all know somebody or have been in a relationship where sex was kind of used as a as a mask to cover up any problem that there was Mm -hmm. it's like oh we're having a problem let's just have sex and just ignore Mm -hmm. the entire thing right and so like I think that the the bigger issue that was missed there was that the happy relationships are people who are communicating well they're showing interest in things that are interesting to their partner there's love and compassion and then they are seeking this elevated level of love through physical connection this like and then a lot of people skip that and there's a lot of people out there who are like my love language is physical intimacy my love language is physical touch you know I need that as part of my relationship and it's like maybe you do I'm not sitting here saying you don't mm-hmm. need that I know a lot of people out there who like I mean Aria for God's sakes we just had her parent teacher conference yesterday and she's like she loves her little her, her our next door neighbor is like in her class and they're mm-hmm. best friends That's and like sweet. the teacher will look over during a math lesson and Aria's just literally like hanging on him and hugging him <laughs> and so it's like I think she just like she loves so much mm-hmm. and she does love that right mm-hmm. there are people who are like that but to say that the physical component of the relationship is the most important component of the relationship is a complete fallacy because that uh, that physical component of the relationship is should be the highest level of love like the pinnacle of the triangle that you have built on top of the foundation of mental and emotional and spiritual intimacy through time Mm -hmm. you know versus now that is not to say that I'm talking about committed relationships. I am not talking about self-exploration or, you know, a sexual awakening or things like that. I'm talking about people who are in committed relationships who are trying to say that we need to be having sex in order for this to work. Because Mm -hmm. it's not accurate. I see tons of patients who have, you know happy marriages and one partner has erectile dysfunction or the other partner has mm-hmm. severe pelvic pain or had a pelvic cancer and now has stenosis mm-hmm. and they and they have incredibly fulfilling relationships so if that was true that the happier the relationship or that to have a happy relationship you have to have sex if that were true then these other people wouldn't be happy mm-hmm. i could you just know? Raise, again just sit over here with my hand in the air in the corner if you'd like like mm-hmm. i couldn't i couldn't even tell you i mean matt proposed I, I couldn't even tell you how many months it had been since we had touched each other because I couldn't physically tolerate it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's something that I have been super blessed with, mm-hmm. with our relationship, is that, like, sexual intercourse is an expression of love. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the gift that you have given yourself mm-hmm. now without even realizing yeah. it, is that, like, you've done the work to build that relationship with yourself and find that love for yourself. And mm-hmm. now you're out searching for someone who allow who's receiving of that love mm-hmm. and who's going to give it back mm-hmm. who can see you mm-hmm. and not just who's going to receive it and take yeah. it mm-hmm. yeah. right and i know that that shared experience yeah. now yeah. yes yes versus like shared experience. i'm obligatorily giving you mm-hmm. yes i'm just like a passerby yeah right or like i'm just yeah mm-hmm. and i think for the first time in three years since my last relationship ended I'm actually open to a relationship again, which is wild. I didn't think that this would happen this soon because I've just been so cut off from it because my last relationship ended just not well and really left me questioning everything about myself. What did I do wrong? What did what did he do wrong? What And ultimately it just left me angry mm-hmm. at the whole situation and at him. And I feel like I'm finally at a place where the anger is gone. Mm -hmm. And I just recognize that we were both just young kids Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out together. 
and he was going through things just the same way I was and we were in, in each other's lives when it was necessary and then when it wasn't we parted ways and that's okay, okay. Um, and seeing relationships more as this is what I need or not necessarily what I need this is what's could be good for me right now and in this moment and in the next however long but as soon as it's not I feel like I have the competence to say okay this mm -hmm. is not serving me anymore this is not serving you anymore mm -hmm. let's part ways um, and I think that that was the biggest struggle I had with my last relationship because we were together for like five and a half years and I, we should have broken up like six months before we did. We were just both so scared. Yeah. Um, I mean, when we sat down and we actually like decided that this is what we were going to do, we were going to break up, I had initiated it and he thanked me. He was like, I thank you for initiating mm -hmm. this because we both know that this needed to happen yeah. and I'm just thankful that you you brought it up because I don't know that I would have had the strength to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but now I finally feel like, like you opened up like my heart wall and I feel like I have so much love to give now and so much room to receive it. Mm -hmm. That's and, a huge part. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times people want it, like they're okay giving. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I have so much more to give now, so much okay. more to give now. Mm -hmm. But to but to be able to receive mm -hmm. is huge. Mm -hmm. And huge for me because I've been so closed off from it for so long, even in my friendships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I, I live with three amazing women, and I've known one of them. I've known Marissa for... 10 years wow and she which is just the sweetest thing that she gets to see like this growth yeah, that i'm doing truly. and she's well, like so one cool. of my biggest cheerleaders but to have them there and even just to be able to accept their love more mm -hmm. and to be able to give them more of my love has i mean it hasn't just improved my romantic relationships right. but my friendships mm -hmm. as well and even my relationships with my family mm -hmm. and my sisters that has I mean it's touched every single relationship in my life it's been amazing I just feel like you're just this source of just pure love uh-huh you just and like feel it when she walks radiant. in yeah you're just like oh, just uh, I'll take the yeah. hug now thank you <laughs> exactly. and I am I'm such a hugger I'm like I need I need to like I need you to have this love yeah mm -hmm. I need do, to give you it have, to you, oh, you love so, much so love do you find give. that now that your own self-love has increased so exponentially in the last couple of mm -hmm. years do you find it is like do you find that when other people in your life are having success and maybe success that you were hoping to have mm -hmm. as well do you find that you can come at that with a different energy? Oh, like, yeah. Do you absolutely. find that you're more, like, genuinely excited for that person? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which, that's something that I, I've never been a competitive person. And so I don't, I don't, I guess, externally compare myself to people. But internally, I, I definitely do that, where I especially with one of my roommates, she knows exactly what she wants to do. She's like on a roll. She's She's got not necessarily her whole life planned out, but she really is very passionate in the career that she's about to start. Um, and I'm so happy for her. But there is a part of me that thinks, gosh, I wish I had that. Mm -hmm. I wish I knew what I wanted to do. But now mm -hmm. I see, well, I'm not supposed mm -hmm. to know right now. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to figure it out in a different way. And she just has this part figured out and that's okay. I'm happy that she has it figured out. I just don't. And 
and accepting that and accepting where I'm at right now and trying my very best not to compare it to other people because that was, yeah, definitely. It's toxic. It, it is. It's a really it's toxic. It's so toxic. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of us are in that. And I feel like, I feel like it's been indoctrinated in us. Mm-hmm. You know, like, did you guys ever, like, have a test when you were a kid and your parents would ask you how you did? Okay, well, what, how did everyone else do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was always that question, well, how did they do? Because mm-hmm. they're already comparing because they were shown mm-hmm. to compare, right? Course, yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's like, I find that to be, like, one of my hardest things when mm-hmm. I'm talking to my kids about stuff is, like, mm-hmm. stop asking about how the other kids did. Stop. Because mm-hmm. it's such a hard thing to do. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you got you got a, an 8 on your math test. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Was this out of 8? Was this out of 100? I don't know how to respond to this, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it'll be things like that where you're just like, okay, like, I don't. But it's it's a hard thing to yeah. break that mm-hmm. habit, Absolutely. and I don't mm-hmm. want to like ingrain that in my kids of like that comparison. Yeah. But they like, get that across like it's not just coming from yeah. parents, right? Mm-hmm. No, not at all. But I think that that goes back to um, that mindset of there only being so much good in the mm-hmm. world. There's mm-hmm. only so much good, and there's only so much bad. Mm-hmm. So like, if your suffering isn't worse than their suffering, your suffering does not matter. Mm-hmm. It's not trauma, mm-hmm. it's not worthy of having yeah. any attention. You just need to suck it up and go to work, mm-hmm. essentially. And at the same time, <laughs> if you don't do it first, it's not gonna matter. Mm-hmm. If you don't write that book first, then you're not gonna write the book because mm-hmm. they've already written it, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. And what we're saying is that like, the way that the universe works, the way that energy works, the way that unconditional love works, and the way that this whole universe was designed is that there's an, there is an infinity of love. There's an infinity of joy. And all we have to do is open our minds and see it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we do, then we can open, then we can allow ourselves to receive it. But when we come from that limited mindset, it's always going to be well, how did the other kids do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, are you sure you don't think that you should have like a career figured out? Mm-hmm. Because like, what if she does this career and is mm-hmm. so happy mm-hmm. and you fall on your face? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? You're sitting here and saying to me that you understand that if you fall on your face, there was a lesson in it mm-hmm. and that it's going to be a positive experience in the long run. Mm-hmm. Right. Does the mindset of there's only so much good and if you don't get it first you're not going to get it that doesn't breed resiliency Mm -hmm. that doesn't give strength that doesn't give us Mm -hmm. motivation or tenacity or or dedication or commitment that that gives us drama Mm -hmm. that gives us fear that gives us jealousy negative vibrations just Mm -hmm. all of them them. right and it's like if we can just shift that mindset of the people that we connect with mm-hmm. towards allowing there to be that infinite amount of love and joy, mm-hmm. you've already described how it's changing everybody around you, mm-hmm. the ripple effect, right? How incredible. Mm-hmm. Just by you going on this journey within yourself, mm-hmm. you're changing the world mm-hmm. and spreading love mm-hmm. all around you. Yeah. And I think that for when I first started doing this, I was like, oh, that's selfish. Because I'm I'm, I'm changing myself. I'm doing things for myself. And even though it is 
like for the benefit of other people as well like i'm still helping myself more than i'm mm -hmm. helping anyone else and i can't do that mm -hmm. and right. now seeing like just how much it does help other people and how important it is to know myself understand myself and love myself and even like myself mm -hmm. yeah i can't i have to do all of that first before i can even start to yeah put a band-aid on someone else like yeah. i i mean it's it's the classic like you have to take the thorn out of your own eye before you can <laughs> before you can to go back to the bible yes. um but yeah it's yeah that's that's been a huge huge part and we we just talked about in our last session the whole idea of ego and i'm so afraid of my ego because empathy is so important to me and justice is so important to me that i feel like if i don't if i let my ego in i'm gonna become this person that i hate mm -hmm. the the opposite of what i want to be the opposite of everything i believe in i i'll become too prideful or i'll i'll put myself too much above others and that's just not the case at all you need your ego to guide you mm -hmm. um and to give like me confidence and understand myself even more because it's a part of me yeah mm -hmm. it is a it part is. of me whether i like it or not right. so understanding that part of me i think is going to be one of my next like big steps oh yeah mm -hmm. i can tell you that it's going to be because one of the gifts that i get in this life in this career in this whatever i'm doing right now mm -hmm. is that i get to see my story unfold externally in the clients that i work with so it is just so magical and so reassuring and validating and like just a gift to be able to be on your team and walk through this journey with you because you are going through the changes that I've gone through but like you said in the twin turbo speed mm -hmm. where I'm like <laughs> I didn't learn that lesson until I was like 25 yeah mm -hmm. Hmm. <laughs> you know, and so I'm just sitting here like that's that's part of that's super late. Charles, 25. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like you know, 35. It's, it's, it's just that that like that. I think that that is also like part of the difference in the the work that we do and and how it collaborates together is that like you're very foundational. You are very much foundational, and if that trust, if that connection to your body hasn't been fostered and mm -hmm. reconnected mm -hmm. what I do has no hope mm -hmm. but then when my work comes into play mm -hmm. you get to see the mm -hmm. like external evolution and it brings it back full circle because whatever lesson you're learning I am also learning mm -hmm. and so are you and mm -hmm. it's just the synchronicity is mm -hmm. beautiful and magical and absolutely incredible and provides me with such faith mm -hmm. and belief because can't make it up no no we truly can't my life has been so unbelievably cyclical recently i mean i feel like i can see the patterns in real time now mm -hmm. like it, it's just absolutely insane how much i can connect one experience from another um and see how both of those go together and how this happened even though it might have like my childhood for mm -hmm. example like everything that happened with that I finally understand like why I went through that mm -hmm. and where it's leading me now and that has been the greatest source of healing for me that's awesome mm -hmm. I have one last question I don't mm -hmm. know how much Chelsea has I have one last question so 
you're at this phase of this massive transformation. You're mm-hmm. seeing your whole, the whole world and you within it in a totally different light. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have kind of set a new foundation, a new precedent for what your relationships look like with people. And I don't know if you experienced this because you're early 20s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm 22. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I was in my mid-20s, I went through this period where I thought I knew everything. And, like, everybody around mm-hmm. me was an idiot if they didn't do it the way <laughs> yeah. that I did. So how do you handle knowing the work that you've put in and how transformative that has been for you when you are around other people who don't choose to make those same transformations but choose to complain about their situation? I love this question. How do you handle that? That's really, really hard for me because – and I, I – I'm not trying to boast when I say this, but I am very young. There mm-hmm. are not a lot of people who have the same mindset as me. No. And no. Absolutely not. It's, it's, I feel bad. I feel not pity, but I do feel a lot of empathy for these people because I see myself in these people. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I also feel very lonely in that mm-hmm. because... I can give them advice. I can do that, but that's not always like what the what they want. That's not always what you want. You just want someone to listen, and that's that's all I try to do. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it can it can get lonely mm-hmm. when there are not a lot of people who are on the same trajectory as you, mm-hmm. and you don't have a lot of people to talk to about it. That's why mm-hmm. I'm so incredibly grateful for the two of you. Because like, you text us. Yeah. <laughs> right. We'll get a good yeah, 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 exactly. text yeah. us, and then exactly. we'll be like, we'll be over the moon for you. Mm-hmm. Because it does feel lonely. Mm-hmm. And like, hearing people who are like, well, you're just lucky, fill in the blank. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that is one of my hot button issues. It's when people are like, well, you're just you're just so lucky that you have um, a husband who's so supportive. And you're just so lucky that you have a job with flexible hours. Mm-hmm. And you're just so lucky that blah, 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 blah mm-hmm. right? And it's like, well, no. Mm-hmm. I made active decisions. Mm-hmm. I created this life. Mm-hmm. And I spent time doing the deep, deep work with lots of hours of sobbing Mm -hmm. yeah it's like sometimes they're sad sobs Mm -hmm. and sometimes they're happy sobs Mm -hmm. and sometimes you have no idea why you're sobbing Mm -hmm. and it's just just yeah exactly and it's like yeah and it was hard and all that kind of stuff and when you have people around you who don't choose to choose to continue to keep making doing the same things and then getting frustrated that they're having the same results Mm -hmm. and then and not jumping in mm-hmm. and saying like, well, you know, we could do this. <laughs> we could perhaps yeah. restructure the way we're mm-hmm. thinking about this, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah. yeah, that happens a lot with my sisters because yeah. I'm the oldest. I have two younger sisters, mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, I think that's the most frustrating part of this is talking to them, especially because. I know we were, the three of us were chosen to break this generational trauma. Mm-hmm. Like, we are very powerful women. Um, and I hate to see them not reaching their full potential or not seeing how powerful they are mm-hmm. in the ways that you're saying, like, this is happening and it keeps happening and I'm frustrated with this. Well, you are so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, if you just look at it from a different different perspective mm-hmm. you can change that mm-hmm. and we've talked about this mm-hmm. as well where there's only so much that I can do and say for them 
because this is not mine, my burden to carry. Mm -hmm. When I carry it, like you said, when I carry it, it feels so heavy. Mm -hmm. But it's just a drop in their bucket. Mm -hmm. They're not even gonna know that. That you're holding on to it. Yeah, that I'm holding on to it because it's it's for them to figure out on their own. And I can be a guide, I can be there to help them and guide them, and if they need anything, I will absolutely be there. But I can't will them to change, Mm -hmm. so. That was a hard lesson. That took me years to learn in my 20s. It took like, about three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> She's like literally, I done told you. Are you like, do you, do you manifest your life while you're playing Mario Kart? Is that how it works? Like, I actually whatever am really, th- really bad at Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at Mario Kart. You got the live action yeah, version. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, why do we not play Mario Kart? That's what we should have done, is we should have started this podcast mm-hmm. earlier, and then we should have all played Mario Kart okay. together. Right? That would have been a good <laughs> <been> next, <laughs> next, next time. Next time. <laughs> Yeah, as I say, next round. Yes. Next round when you come on to tell us about the seven different lives you've lived in the 30 days. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We'll have a Mario Kart ending. It'll be be a video game podcast. Heck yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't that be fun? Oh my gosh. We could talk about how Mm -hmm. life is a video game. And it is. Wow. And it is. Yeah. Uh, You're just like, I'm just going to go ahead and take this power up to enhance my life. Thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just busting the the wind blocks as we go. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite quotes recently is, it's just life. There's more after. And like, yeah, life is so important and so valuable and, and can teach you so many things. But if you mess up and you like, like for me, example. For an example, for me, I get really, I beat myself up so much, like, when I don't, like, perform perfectly with academics. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's like, okay, I I didn't do perfect with this. It's just life. Mm-hmm. There's more after. Mm-hmm. Like, I That's can make huge. a mistake, mm-hmm. and it will not matter in the grand right. scheme of things. Right. Yeah. Probably because that mm. mistake was supposed to happen. There's yeah. supposed to be lessons yeah. out there for you to figure it out, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Well, there was a good, um, I want to say it was Alex Ramosi who said it when he was, was like, um, when he was making decisions or anything like that, he's like, is this decision going to matter in, and he gave like a period of time, is this going to matter in 30 years or 30 days, a year, five years, 500 years? Is mm-hmm. anybody going to care about this thing that happened? If they don't, I'm not going to want to bother me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. It's time to start letting some things go yeah. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, I didn't read to Aria last night. I'm a terrible mom. Is she not going to learn how to read because on that one Tuesday night yep. I didn't read to her? <laughs> probably not. She's probably going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. She'll, probably figure, her life. Hey, she'll she, probably figure. She'll probably figure it out. She knows where her vulva is and her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, fine. <laughs> Oh my God. And that's the takeaway of the podcast today, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is that the vulva's on the outside and the vagina's on the inside. Yes. <laughs> and if you need help finding it, Aria will be the one teaching the next round. Yes. yes. <laughs> With Allison yeah, as her exactly. teaching assistant. Mm-hmm. I would be her teaching assistant. Yeah. She'd be like, no, Mom, you just sit down. I got this. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very much so. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. This was absolutely enlightening, and I hope that everybody was able to get a really good glimpse as to what a real-time life-changing story looks like and how setbacks or relapses or anything like that don't have to be scary. We don't have to fear the flare. It's just information, and don't worry. It's just life. Yeah, There's more after. There's more after. Yeah. And fall in love with yourself because that's all that matters. Yeah. This has been incredible. I'm just so grateful. I'm so thankful. So grateful. And so. And we're going to get that group text going to support each other and play Mario Kart. Yes. Yeah, please. There it is. (laughs) Got to play those, like, 
what are they? Like the eight ball in that Apple has, like those little games. I you know what I'm talking about? Don't. Okay. You're 15 years old. Okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there, there like, might be some things going on that I don't know about. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> She's like, okay, I'll teach you. It's time. She's like, all right, Grandma, come on over to the phone. Let me show you this. What are these young kids doing these days? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Incredible. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, that concludes another fantastically raw conversation in this loving, uplifting space. From recognizing the importance of putting yourself first and setting healthy boundaries to resetting the cycle of generational trauma and even breaking down the sexual conditioning of our culture. We've covered a lot of ground in this episode, ground that feels familiar to all of us as a collective. I'd also like to extend our full gratitude to Sarah for allowing us this window to peek into her healing journey and for sharing her story so that it can be a light that sparks a fire in others. If you've enjoyed listening, subscribe for new releases each Friday. And follow us on social media to stay connected and share your thoughts with us here at The Healing Art of Being You. Until next time, may love and light guide you.